This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My name's Chris Billett. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Matty Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. I've turned it off again while I was doing that. <laughs> it'll figure no. itself out it'll figure itself out it's no, um, no, yeah, still on uh, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out I think we're going to switch from the Zoom to uh, Microsoft Teams I'm going to try and figure that out over the course of the week that yeah. seems to be the better way to go because apparently even though there's only two of us in a meeting it's going to try and cut us off after 40 minutes so fuck you Zoom I can always just say Zoom meeting 40 minutes at the top now where it didn't use to, like the actual uh-huh. t- the actual window title now says so Zoom meeting 40 minutes. Yeah, there'll be a countdown when we get to about 10 minutes, so we'll be able to time it between questions <laughs> or something. So it'll be quick, it'll be quick anyway. Um, I've sorted my internet out this week a bit as well, so I think like everything's been a lot smoother. Because yeah, I just um, I just got off about 20 minutes ago when I was talking to uh, Matt Robson. I may as well let the cat out the bag. Yeah, we got. Ourselves. Well, you told me already. <laughs> I told you already, but we're recording now, Will. Oh, we're I'm recording sorry. Now. Yeah, sorry. I'm still getting ready. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're recording now, man. So yeah, obviously let that cat out the bag. So that's an episode for people. Um, to look forward to, but are you uh, are you ready now? Are you all set up? Should yeah, we, uh... yeah, ready now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fine. We'll, we'll do things properly. Then we'll start things properly. Exciting news, though. Matty Robson. Hey. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> good, good stuff. Oh, Maras, how's it gone? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode. 67 and it is once again my pleasure to introduce all of you beautiful listeners to the soothing tones of the born again cumbrian well born and bred cumbrian wills is here hey 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 hi welcome (laughs) back man welcome back welcome back i imagine many people probably guessed who it was in the preamble there. But yeah, Super Marty Robson, man. We got him on the pod. It was a lovely uh, 
conversation there. He won the Player of the Year in 2012, 2013. So not that long ago. So a lot of our um, younger listeners will still be able to really enjoy uh, that interview. It was, um, it was a pleasure, mate. It was an absolute pleasure. An absolute mm. pleasure. And he got one yeah. over on me. Uh, he got Did one he? over on me, actually. Yeah, he <laughs> listens and he got one over on me. So oh, wow. uh, there's a heads up for people and incentive <laughs> for people to listen because he did me. He did me in that podcast. Right? Well, not like that. Not like that. We'll move on. We'll move on from that. Um, 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 the joke of the week, mate. We've got traditions. Here we go. Here we go. It's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army podcast joke. Here we go, man. Here we go, Cocker. What do you call two monkeys that share an Amazon account? I have no idea. (laughs) Prime mates. (laughs) Take that. Take that. Take that. I mean, I. as I was telling it, I feel like I've already told it, and I don't know if that's going to be the first time we've had a repeat joke. Have <laughs> I? Have you, you've told. I've I'm, told I'm a sure lot of jokes. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have heard that one before. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because we actually hang out in real life. So the chances are I might have actually told you a joke in person and then told maybe, it again on the maybe. podcast. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a listener and you've heard that joke before, just do a little comment or something underneath and then and then I'll know I've been caught for the first time ever. Or maybe you'll just bullshit. I don't know. Maybe you'll just lie about it. Anyway, 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 the good times continue because it's time for the birthdays. Kicking things off this week is 29-year-old Gavin Riley, a bit of a promising fullback, uh, striker, uh, uh, defender. I don't know, mate. He played a bit of everywhere, didn't he? That was his thing. <laughs> you know? Gavin Riley. Um, Gavin Riley. You remember Gavin Riley? Yeah, he was a striker, wasn't he? Not too long ago. Oh, yes, yeah. but he 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 liked he liked his time. He, he started at the back, similar to John Mellish. Ah. Yeah, so one of those guys on a football manager gives you that double option yeah. there. I think he could play right back and striker. Bit of a weird, bit of a weird one. Uh, Grant Smith is 42, and Chris Binchell is 30. H. Birchill, Chris Birchill is 38. Sorry, I'm two beers deep here. God, I shouldn't do the podcast after having two beers. But hey, here we go. We're <laughs> going to keep carrying on, mate. We're going to keep carrying on. Yeah. And um, it's the news. The news this week, there's a lot of it. There's a lot mm. of it, mate. There's a lot of it to cover. Um, and it's a lot more fun than covering 2-0 defeats to Bradford. So we're going to spend a bit more time on the news this week. The big ticket (laughs) items being probably the end of season awards and then the release and retain list. Uh, They're the two big sort of ticket items in terms of news this week on the podcast. Which one do you want to kick off with, Wills? I've given you choices before. Let's go again. Um, Shall we go straight in on the release and retain list? Release and retain. Right, get yourselves comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be here for a while. We'll plough through the second-year scholars. So, basically, these are the players that are being offered uh, pro deals from the youth squad, and they'll be with us for the foreseeable future. I'm talking about Gabriel Breeze, Jake, Jack Ellis, Sam Fishburne, Max Gillespie, and Scott 
Simons, all players that have kind of featured, well, all players actually have featured in and around the first team mm -hmm. this season, either on the bench or being able to make their first team debuts. I mean, in terms of players from the youth team, we've heard of all of them, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of highly rated. Um, you know, the, the the two keepers in particular, you know, a lot was said about them at the start of the season, like how good the quality of the keepers were that we were bringing through. So, um, you know, and then um, obviously a lot of them have then kind of played for us over the course of the season in one way or another. So I think the... You know, there's optimism. It'd be nice to see um, all of them crack on next season. Like I said, all of them have had the opportunity to play at uh, Carlisle this year. So it'd be nice yeah. to see how much of a feature they're going to be in Paul Simpson's plans next season. He has always been a fan of keeping the youth around the first team and not necessarily loaning them out and giving yeah. them the opportunities in the cup games, even in the league. So I do feel like we're going to be lucky enough to see a lot of these people play a lot of first-team football next season. Now, another one of the lists I want to quickly blast through, mate, is the players that are automatically already going to be at Brunton Park <laughs> next season. So, first of all, we've got Tristan Abrahams and we've got Jack Armour, Lewis Bell, Kirsten Dennis, Josh Dixon, Jordan Gibson, Callum Guy, John Mellish, Omari Patrick, Joel Senior, Toby Shaw Silva and Corey Whelan. Uh, they're all going to be with the first team next season. I mean, more than likely, they're contracted to be anyway. That's the bottom yeah. line. They're contracted to be with the first team next season. That's a lot of names for us at the end of the season when we do our release and retain list. That's a lot of names to have. Um, yeah. already signed up for the first team. What do you feel about that? Um, I mean, Tristan Abrahams sort of like stands out as somebody who, I don't know, I'm not sure whether he is likely to be in Simo's plans for next year. Although, you know, you never know. He's not actually seen him play. So, you know, there's always the possibility that he'll kind of decide that he wants him. But, yeah, um, other than that, I mean, you know... It's a squad that was mostly assembled by Chris Beach. Um, and, you know, at, at times under Chris Beach, it looked like it was putting together a good squad. So they are still, you know, there are still probably like some decent players in there that uh, with the right management can compete in this division. I think Christian Dennis looks really uh, clever. And I think, yeah, I think it, so it's the touches. Well. It's the little touches that he can do that other players at this level don't necessarily have in the locker. It's uh, how he can feed people inside and outside the line. Like he, he thinks that little bit differently, I think, because of the experience that he has and because of the quality that he has. So I mean, I'll be happy to have him lead the line um, in terms of sort of like assists next year. But yeah. When you're talking about a striker, you've also got Amari Patrick and he's going to be here next year. So when they get another season under their belt or another like 20 games under their belt, I think that's going to be a really strong partnership. So that's exciting. That's a really good uh, sign. Obviously, Callum Guy, John Mellish signed contracts at a very similar time um, mid-season. Uh, it seemed like a really smart move at the time. Then we had a dip in form. 
now it's the end of the season. Yeah. Does it seem like the same good idea? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of like, I like to see the club retain players who've got quality, even if they're not always, you know, not, you know, n- not to kind of give up on a player if they've had like even like a bad half a season or something. I see Callum Guy's been injured for, um, you know, the latter part of the season, like what about a third of the season? So, um, but no, I mean, like, I, I kind of like to keep these sorts of players around. So I'm not kind of like quick to say that it was a bad idea in retrospect to to extend their contracts, even if, well, um, the Callum guy didn't finish the season. Um, Mellish finished the season kind of better than he started it, having been moved into defence. So, I think Callum guy definitely turned around under each manager that came in. He had a good little run of form under Millen and he had a good little run of form under Simo before he got yeah. um, injured. So, I mean, and, and last season as well under Beach, he looked really good, really good quality player. It's just that yeah. we, we weren't playing the kind of football that gave him the time on the ball that would make him look good, maybe. And then under Simo, he gets that bit of creativity time to be able to sort of pick his passes that little bit more and he gets fed the ball rather than it just going over the top of his head. So um, hopefully Simo's going to utilise Callum Guy because he has got a lot of potential. And I know I've criticised him in the past, but he has got the potential to be a real unlocker of doors at this level. And and when you've got a really good strike partnership in front of him, that's 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 already a good foundation to build a team around, just the three of them, Omari Patrick, Christian Dennis and, and Callum Guy and... Now, when you're looking at that retain list, and not just the retain, not the retain list, sorry, the uh, the players that are going to automatically be here next season, and you're adding Jack Armour to that. I mean, he's been the solid left back here for three years already, hasn't he? Two years already. Yeah, what like two and a half, maybe? Did he kind of mm. come in to the? Because did we start? We started with someone else at left back, didn't we? Um, he beat he beat Anderton out, didn't he? He did, yeah. That's it, Anderton. Mm. He beat Anderton out who had a had a fun weekend. <laughs> Can you believe that? The whole Bristol Rovers thing, 7 0. That's mental. That. Uh, yeah. That's absolutely I mean, mental. It's the sort of good luck that only Joey Barton seems to get. Uh, yeah, I was hoping it would turn around. I would hope it would turn around in Joey Barton's head, mate. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say something. Turn around in Joey's head. Now, Joel Senior is obviously still a bit of a blank. Uh, canvas. We don't really know what he's going to be able to do at this level. Same as Lewis Bell, uh, same as Josh Dixon. So, like, three unknown cards in there in terms of their ability next season. Mm-hmm. Still some excitement. You know, there's youth there. Um, are any of those guys jumping out? Would you like, you know, would you like to see Joel Senior um, get fit and get at that right back position? Or have any of them done anything to sort of like, glisten in your eye and sort of you've taken a shine into any of them in the little opportunities that they've actually had at Brunton Park? Um, well, I mean, on, on Joel Senior, I think he was, you know, brought in expecting to, uh, to you know, to step up quickly and into a first-team sort of role. Um, he was, you know, he, he was at Altrincham um, and... You know, was a big was a big player for them, and I keep forgetting 
because I think I've got this wrong. They're not in the conference, are they? They're in the... They are in the conference. Yeah. They are in the conference. Yeah, so he was um, an established player, the division below us, so he's got that extra level of experience to the point where even though he is only 22, but you kind of like, you know, you kind of look at him and you think, right, you know, he needs to be a first team player, and, you know, or I'd expect it of him anyway for him not to be a young lad coming through, you know, not have that level of inexperience that you get from a young lad coming through. So... Yeah, I- I'd, I'd, I'd like to see yeah. a little bit more from Lewis Bell. Uh, I don't think I think yeah. I've seen enough from uh, Dixon to really hold on to that left hand side, and I feel like Lewis Bell should be given the opportunity to push through. And uh, they're talking about Dixon. Uh, let's let's move on to talk about the players that have been offered first team deals, and perhaps one of the more controversial of the uh, of the names on the list, mate. We're going to go through a lot of these one by one now, mate. Um, yeah. We're talking Brennan Dickinson now. Um, One of the highest earners at the club. It's been well reported uh, by various sources. And uh, he's been offered another deal. You'd imagine it's the kind of deal that you'd have to want to be here to sign. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Paul Simpson's made like a, a point of saying, and he didn't mention Dickinson by name, but... As you point out, a lot of the criticism of Brennan Dickinson this season has started out by saying he's a big earner, therefore he's going to be, you know, therefore we're going to hold him to a higher standard. Um, yeah, yeah, but not Simpsons, only in terms of we've been talking a lot about the releases and stuff like that, and it's a major factor yeah. in that as well. That's what that's kind of why his names came up a lot, and he's first in the list because he's not only been a, a poor performer. Uh, recently, in fact, all yeah. season he's he's only had about two games. He's had a decent game in, and yeah. um, he's and on top of that, he earns a lot of money. So when it comes to releases and keeping older people, um, you can see why he's top of the list and he gets mentioned a lot. Sorry, mate, you were saying, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, um, you know, yeah, okay, yeah. So not just that he's being held to a higher standard, but that. Well, you know, obviously people expect more from him because they're like, well, the club's spending so much money on him. You can't spend that on a player who's a big power player. Um, but what I wanted to say was uh, Paul Simpson, he didn't mention Dickinson by name, but he did say um, people have been send, you know, people have been sending him a lot of messages quoting figures that players are earning. And, and he's, you know, Paul Simpson said these figures are wrong. All right, um, okay. So, I mean, a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, there was a website that claimed to have the the salaries of all the players in the in League Two. Okay, um, and that's where a lot of this is coming from, and that's where a lot of fans feel that they've actually got a number that they know how much Brennan Dickinson's earning, um, and and that he's the highest earner in the squad. So, like, a lot of it's coming from there. Um, like I say, Simpson didn't mention Dickinson, but when he says that people are quoting figures at him, knowing what we know about what the fans are saying about Brennan Dickinson, it's probably that they're kind of, like, getting at, this is how much Brennan Dickinson earns, he's not worth that. Um, if, if it is, um, well, Simpson says that those figures are all wrong and that he doesn't know where they came from, but it's not so... 
So, so, so who knows? I'd imagine that Dickinson's on a fair bit because he's experienced at this level. And when we brought him in under Chris Beach, we kind of brought him in as somebody who was like, this is like a player in his sort of in age-wise, at his kind of peak level, who has won things at this level. I think he has got promoted from this division before. So I wouldn't expect him to be a low earner, but you know, maybe you know, maybe his actual salary isn't as big a cause for concern as the fans feel it is. Either way, um, is 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 one of them players who we know he's got some quality because when he does play to his best, he can be one of the best players on the pitch, and. Just, you know, maybe Simpson feels that he can get that out of him regularly. Um, I guess we just have to kind of like, like we'll probably be saying a couple of times when we go through the release and return list, kind of like in Simo we trust. And, you know, <laughs> Simo has identified Dickinson as somebody who has the qualities he wants to be around uh, next season. He probably still won't, you know, It'll probably still be a reasonably high earner, even if it's not the ridiculous figures that people seem to think it is. But you know, it, we'll probably be paying him something where you know you want to expect first team performances from him. Um, I think he's got that quality in his bag, so hopefully Simpson can get it out of him on a regular basis. I mean, that'd be great to see at the yeah. start of the season. I tipped him to be my like one of the best left-sided players in the division. And, you know, I got made a fool of there. Ended up ending <laughs> the season as a central midfielder, really. So um, yeah. not very good at that either. Um, so, I mean, hopefully Simo's seen something in him. And I, I don't think this is going to be the same system that we finish the season with. It's going to be the same system that we start next season with. Um, I feel like when Simpson gets to recruit a couple of different players, a couple more winging options, yeah. maybe a couple more uh, strikers or, or, or sort of like left-sided forwards or inside forwards, whatever kind of players he starts bringing in, we'll get more of an idea about the kind of shape that we're going to take next season. But yeah, I mean, that's my big bold shout anyway. It's not a bold yeah. shout, it's just a shout. As I don't think we're going to start next season with the same formation that we ended with this year, even yeah. though it's brought us some success, but it's not been, it, it's the formation that now you've seen it played week in, week out. It makes the most sense for this squad to be playing in order to play for the most strengths. But yeah. Simpson was the one who brought it in and thought of it and got it working, you know? So, like, you yeah. know, it makes sense now, but it didn't make as much sense at the time. But it makes a lot of sense now, um, looking at it. And he had relative success with it, plenty of success with it when he first started. Um, moving on to other players that have been offered deals, mate. And another one who was maybe a bit of a shock is Magnus Norman. Uh, a yeah. lot of people were thinking Magnus Norman might get moved on. Um, just because Mark Howard swept all the awards at the end of the season. And uh, yeah. we'll move on to talk about Mark Howard a little bit later on. But Magnus Norman being kept on at Brunton Park, I don't think he's gone millions, mate. I really don't. So I don't think that's a factor yeah. in it. Simpsons came out and said that he has a lot of really good personal qualities. Um, is it a good signing? Is it worth it when you've got them young lads on the bench? Um. It's an interesting one because um, I'll say, like, you know, Magnus Norman's still a young keeper himself. Um, we've keeper. got, hmm? 
Wa. Sorry. <laughs> Wa. Wa. <laughs> Wa. I didn't actually catch what you said, so okay. I can't play. That's... I can't play along with the banter that's going on here. No, that's great because it'd be more authentic for the listener now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so we've got like these two even younger keepers coming through. Um, we had Mark Howard. Um, presume that, you know, that we could have offered him a new contract. I don't think that it's a case of Mark Howard wanting to leave. So um, does, you know... Does that mean that Paul Simpson sees Magnus Norman as the number one next season? I feel like it maybe does. I don't know. I mean, I um, you know, I mean, it, it could be that the two young lads who are coming through, he doesn't think that they're ready for one of them to step up and become the reserve keeper yet, and therefore has to go out and get another keeper who, who may turn out to be an experienced keeper. But I don't know. I don't think, and I don't think that will be the case. I think, um, yeah, I feel like the fact that Norman's being being offered a contract and how it isn't means that for the third season in a row, Magnus Norman goes into it expecting to be the number one. Yeah. Hopefully for him, it's not ruined by injury this time because he's he's had a bit of a tough time of that. Like he's had injuries early on in seasons. It's his distribution for me though, mate. It's just not it's not quite good enough, you know. And then yeah. hopefully he'll he'll get better at it. And now he's working with a really good goalkeeping coach and who Paul Simpson holds in high esteem. And once again, in Simpson, we trust. But. Yeah, I mean, again, maybe he's kind of like feels that Howard's not kind of getting better at this at this point in his career. Maybe kind of, you know, maybe he's kind of like thinking that Norman's of an age where he's going to be a better keeper. You know, and maybe he's kind of worked on his distribution and sort of like since Simo's come in and, you know, Simo's not seen... Him, he had some games earlier on in the season where, as I point out, his distribution was like a bit of a weakness. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it sounds to me like Norman is slated to be our number one keeper with sort of Breeze and Simmons providing backup. Um, but that it, it, it depends how far along in their kind of development Breeze and Simmons are. You know, um, they could still be a way off actually being trust entrusted to go on the bench, but I think that you know, uh, Caden Caden Westwood was was around that age. Uh, you know, Mark Gillespie. They seem to be of around about an age where, you know, uh, you know, young keepers might get a slot as the reserve keeper at their club. So we shall see. It'll be it'll be one of it's a mixed bag of emotions, mate. Because obviously, like you said, he's going into the season as a young goalkeeper for the third time now. Um, yeah, looking like he's the number one, and we've gone in with a hope, thinking we've got a young number. It's always nice to have a young goalkeeper in that. It's more exciting. It's a sellable asset. Um, yeah, 
But at the end of the day, consistency is king. And that's what Mark Howard brought to the table. But once again, we'll get to Mark Howard when we get to Mark Howard. Uh, another player that was offered a contract, uh, Taylor Charters. It makes a lot of sense. He helped Gatehead get promoted. The heat get promoted yeah. this season uh, from January onwards. He started a bit of a bumpy road, not so much in the first team, but then obviously proved himself to have the quality to stay in the first team and play very well at that level, scoring a couple of goals along the way. Um, it makes sense. It just makes sense. He's, he's, a very, he's a young player. He's been touted to be a very good talent and he's actually had a good season in terms of what he is, you know, a young lad that's just left the youth squad. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I think, like, he's, it's it's a couple of years now, is it, maybe since he's left the youth squad. So I'm not sure if he'll get any more contract extensions offered to him just because he's a young player coming through. I think at the end of this season coming up, he has to be an established first-team player or else he won't get offered one again. But, you know, hopefully with his experience from Gateshead, he's going to come in and 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 make that step up that we've been waiting for. You'd like to see it, mate. He really yeah. would. You'd like to see it. He showed a bit of promise. But from what I've heard, he's quite useful on set pieces as well. Uh, so it, it would just add that little bit more because uh, when Callum Guy is not in the squad, we do seem to lack a little bit from, yeah. from set pieces. Jordan Gibson's go-to route is to shoot, um, which sometimes works, um, but, you know, <clears throat> yeah. not so much this year. Anyway, another player that's been offered a contract and has been very public about what he wants to do with that contract is Joe Riley. Um, yeah. There's been comments posted everywhere um he's tried to clear up the situation himself um it made sense to offer joe riley a contract it makes sense that because it's so late in the year other teams are interested in joe riley and they're able to also offer him a contract it's frustrating mate isn't it it's, it's just a classic it happens all the time at this level it's it's that's football for you kind of moment unfortunately joe riley potentially on his way to Walsall, not going to sign with Carlisle United. Your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, it's just one of them things that happened to us last season with um, a few players where, like, Z- Zanzala and Farman, um, even Anderton, where I don't think we really necessarily thought that he was going to have loads of offers, you know, but someone just wants him more, perhaps... Um, and, and and is able to kind of like uh, uh, convince him that they're the ones where he should go. It was an interesting statement that he put out. Um, I suppose an honest statement. Um, bit confusing because well, I suppose he says that he wasn't valued, but that you know you can interpret that in in a number of ways. Like what do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in what way? How would you like to be valued? And we, you know, we've had three managers, so it's like, is this kind of like certainly? I don't think Millen really rated him much, or just wanted to use him as Didn't a seem like as it, yeah filling right back. Um, you know, that's got to be hard. You know, it's got to be hard on him. Um, but Millen's gone. Um, I thought under Simpson, it was kind of getting back to. You know, this is where we're going to use it. Scored against um, Stevenage. 
Um, but there we go. Um, you know, just just one of those things, I suppose. Someone's kind of come in and convinced him, presumably Walsall, that that his you know his career is going to be best served by going to them. Yeah, I mean, it, he has had a bit of an up and down time with managers. He's been forced to play at right back for uh, quite large stints uh, this season. So you can't really have a go at him if he wants to, if he gets offered more money. You can't really have a go at anyone when they get offered more money in football to yeah. move on and play somewhere else. And um, it's his decision. And I don't, I'm not sure if things are just quite over yet, but um, I'm pretty sure they're they're next to it. Um that's it in terms of players that have been offered new deals. A name, um, and the only name in the list for clauses activated this season, is Morgan Feeney. That just makes sense, doesn't it, mate? Get Morgan Feeney retained nice and quickly. Is it a, a great learning curve of a season? Yeah, and I think a lot of the fans were kind of like hoping that that would be the case when seeing his name on the list of players whose contracts are expiring and having not heard any news about him, I think there was just kind of like people, you know, hoping that, well, hopefully, hopefully that just means he's got an option and we can activate it. And fortunately, that has turned out to be the case. Yeah, and that's it. It's a, it's, it's a simple football for you. Once again, um, nice, nice business, nice business. Morgan Feeney having a great season, like I said, probably the most improved player at Brunton Park this season. Um, and now he's definitely going to be here. Next season, right, we'll move on to perhaps the um, the meat and bones of the whole retained list. And that's the reti- that's the released side yeah. of things. Uh, top of the list, mate, I feel like we've got to do things in alphabetical order here. Yeah. Uh, top of the list is Mr. Alessandra. I'm talking Louis or Lewis yeah. to his friends. Uh, Louis Alessandra has been released. It was one of those ones that kind of could have gone either way. It makes sense on paper. He's not getting any younger. He's not getting any faster. And he's never going to score you 15 to 20 a season. And when you want to get promoted, you want a striker that can score 15 to 20 a season. I mean, what are your thoughts on that one, mate? Um, Yeah, is feels like he's, you know, he's been a good servant to the club and um, Paul Simpson did come in and and give him chances right up through to the end of the season. Didn't it? Didn't seem like it was going to get any. You know, it is it, it barely featured. It feels like this season, especially um, under Millen and then Simo. But um, he did come in and get some chances, and he kind of thought maybe Simo's thinking about keeping him. Um, um, is in terms of kind of like the way he plays and his style of play, maybe he's kind of a bit, a bit similar to Christian Dennis in that he's somebody who's kind of got more nous about kind of like playing defenders and kind of like you know playing that sort of like forward role rather than the forward who just has his eyes on goal. Yeah, he's so a maybe. Smart forward. Yeah, so maybe it's kind of like, you know, similar to Dennis and we don't want Alessandra and Dennis. Um, just in, in terms of the direction his career is going, it's probably, you know, not a huge surprise that he's been released. And you imagine he'd get picked up either by a smaller League Two club 
with low expectations or, you know, a decent confidence level club. Or a Scottish team. Scottish team, maybe, yeah. Maybe, you could... maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, mate. It makes sense. And yeah. there's not many arguments, really. There, there's a, probably a pocket of Carlisle United supporters that really do like Louis Alessandra. And in their deepest bottom, the pits of their hearts, they probably have to accept the fact that if you want, if we want to achieve as a football club promotion and playoffs or what, something yeah. close to that next season, we need to have the space to bring in a lot more quality in them positions. Yeah. Um, somebody else who doesn't really bring a lot of surprises, mate, is Danny Devine. Um, he's had his chances. He's not really impressed. He's never really looked anything like a really good first team regular kind of footballer that you put your faith in. Um, it makes sense, mate. It just makes sense. Just get him off the wage bill, isn't it? Good luck to him. Um, yeah. He's not done anything massively wrong. It's just, it's it's not, it's not, just, it's not been a great time. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's had kind of like one or two kind of. Um, you know, fairly positive spells where you'll kind of come in and I think even at one point earlier this season where he kind of like formed a nice little partnership with Whelan in the game in the Johnson's paint or whatever it is. And you kind of like every now and again, he's one of them players that every now and again, you kind of look at him and think, is this someone who's got what we're missing at the moment, but you know, you don't see him really as a first team regular in a team chasing promotion from this division. No, it makes sense, mate. It just makes sense on paper. Um, oh, I've just realized it's not in alphabetical order, but I'm going to do my best to keep it in alphabetical order when I tell you the next person on the release list was Cumbrian Jamie Devitt. Now, there is a bit of an asterisk next to his name because he has been invited to join pre-season training. Um, again, kind of makes sense. He's at the similar kind of age to Louis Alessandre, but he's got the heart of being that hometown boy. And Jamie David's Irish. Why is he affiliated with the club so much then? He just played for us twice. He's not got any special affiliation beyond that. I thought he was yeah. like, went to school around here or some shit. Um, have, you, have you ever heard him speak? Yeah, but like just because you just because you live in Ireland, just because you got an Irish accent, doesn't mean you were <laughs> always. Uh, didn't mean you got, didn't go to school in Carlisle. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know yeah. why I thought that. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was it was with us for. I'm just looking at his career. It was with yeah. us for. It was with us for three years. Made yeah. hundred. He made 110 appearances and scored 21 goals. Um, the rest of his career is um, only Morecambe um, in terms of actually making over 20 appearances for a club. Right. You know, he was he made 16 for Hull, 7 for Chesterfield, 14 for Grimsby and so on and so on. He made 75 for Morecambe, then 110 for us. So you can see why, you know, um, Andy was part of that team. Um we were kind of chasing promotion in this division. We were a decent team um, that just just missed out a bit in certain areas, but had quality in others. 
under Keith Curl. So you, you can see why he's got some, you know, affection for us. All right, okay. Well, I don't know where that came from then. Do apologise for my misinformation. But there we go. Jamie Devitt has been released, but he has been invited back for preseason training. It's an interesting move. It wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened at Brunton Park and we've ended up signing the player at the end of it. But it wouldn't be the first time we've let them just go at the end of it either. Um, Jamie yeah. Devitt, mate, is it, do you want him back next season? It, you know, I mean, I... I kind of think he, he he did do quite well for us, but again, we're at the bottom half of the table and we don't want to be at the bottom half of the table. We want players that can push towards the top half of the table. Is he there? If he's fit, yeah, I think he is. He's got he's only 31, so he's is mm-hmm. you know, um injury is kind of what's affected his fitness. Um you know, he's not slowing down through age. Um, when he kind of came on um, under Simo, he did have a positive effect on the games that he played in. And, you know, you can see a fit Jamie Devitt can still be a good player in this division. And since he left us, it's just been injury after injury after injury. And he's not got a run of... You know, he's, he's, he's not had a run of games at all anywhere. Um, but, you know, he wants to be here. You know, I think Simo would like him here, but he can't justify offering a contract to a player who, as we know, you know, from his recent history, there's always a chance that he ends up with a an injury that, end, you know, a, a season out. A kind of injury. Yeah, so, it is. That's that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That is kind of the bottom line with him. He uh, does I've excite no when he plays. Yeah, no, I've got no does. questions over his ability still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it does, it does, it does impress when he plays. It's yeah. just that, uh, and, and I think Paul Simpson came out and said that he was never fully fit the whole time he was being with Carlisle. Um, he was put yeah. into the team because of his quality. So obviously, if a fit Jamie yeah. Devitt is ever available, that'd be a fantastic thing to see at this level. And and once again, in Simo, we trust. If that's his opinion, then I hold Jamie Devitt's ability at full fitness to be in quite high esteem. Yeah. Um, a player that has also been released that may not surprise you quite as much is Menezi Mampala, a player that's been out on loan to a team yeah. that weren't doing very well, subsequently got relegated, and uh, he couldn't really get a game in the team. I don't know why Paul Simpson feels like he's seen enough of Menezi Mempala. Maybe he's heard something from some sources that he trusts. Maybe he's been to see him perform, but he has obviously had limited opportunities as Mempala hasn't really been playing for Weymouth. Um, it's, a little bit harsh. Of... it's a little bit yeah. harsh. It's a little I mean, bit harsh. It's a little bit harsh. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got to make the decision now, hasn't he, Simo? Yeah. So... It's you know it's not like you know it's not like there's a big opportunity for him to kind of watch him play because I mean the players will all be away on their holidays and stuff so you know um, based on that you know he is out of contract so it's it's basically a question of 
would Simo sign him if he wasn't already a Carlisle player? Because essentially, as you know, as far as Simo is concerned, it's like a signing. It's a player who's, who's not been around the club at any of the points where Simo's been here. Um, he's not had enough opportunity maybe to stake a claim, but then that also means that there's not anyone kind of giving Simo big reasons why Mampala is worth another contract. So, you know, I I think you kind of... I understand that based on Simo's experience of Mampala, there's... He can't really offer him another contract because it's like saying, would you sign this player? Yeah, when you put it like that, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Some, I mean, somebody that he has had a chance to have a really good look at is Rod McDonald. Um, he yeah. was injured when Simo first came in, but was given a couple of opportunities because of other injuries um, in the midfield and in that back line. So Mellish was kind of pushed into midfield for a small period of time. McDonald was given centre-back duties back. Um, but... He obviously fancies uh, uh, Mellish back in that position over Rod McDonald and, in fact, uh, just doesn't fancy Rod McDonald at all. I don't blame him. Once again, I'm going to go back to that statement, mate. We're not trying to survive anymore. Rod McDonald's not a fantastic defender consistently. Um, In a system, he can do a job. Um, And there was a stat at some point last season to do with interceptions or something like that. And it, it was mainly to do with because of the system that he was in. He was always the person that was sitting back um, yeah. and the other defender was going to the defender first. And that was the system we were playing. So it lent itself to this particular stat. When you see a player like Morgan Feeney in full flight, that's, you know, that's somebody that can do a bit of everything. Um, and that's the kind of centre-back option that you really want. And Mellish and Feeney together do actually look quite decent. And then he'll be looking to recruit, obviously, in that position for next season yeah, season I mean, and to do that but, he has to make room he just has to make room doesn't he yeah and because you know he, he, he might also see um Corey Whelan in that position as well meaning that he's got three centre backs already he's at a crap end to the season Corey Whelan Corey Whelan <laughs> Corey Whelan has gone from like is is gone from one extreme to the other and back again in your opinion? <laughs> it's mental. At the start of the season, I was like, nah, he's going to be useless. He actually turned out to be okay. You, and yeah, then, you saw him in the friendly, and you. Kind of... <laughs> he looked useless in the friendly. He looked useless <laughs> against Charlie. He looked lost. <laughs> oh dear. But, um, I mean, there it is, man. Rod, Rod, Rod McDonald, would you have kept him? Would you let him go? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I might have kept him. Um, but that's... It's... It, yeah, yeah. It's... it's You know, it's it's up to Simo at the end of the day. And, you know, Simo will know from experience whether he can kind of get someone else. Um I mean, when it's you put not... when you put um like last season, you put Rod McDonald, Aaron Hayden, and uh, Reese Bennett, and then yeah. you had to pick two centre backs out of that. You're more likely to probably go with Aaron Hayden and Reese Bennett. Yeah, and Rod McDonald would have been your third choice centre back anyway. Yeah, and it's you know, although he's been a lonely, it's kind of similar this season with Dinel Simu that. You know, we're getting somebody decent um, and, 
you know, Rob McDonald's the one to make way. He's also kind of, you know, he's an experienced player and, you know, you won't be able to offer people like Rob McDonald contracts that suit a position as kind of like a fringe player because he's got expectations. You know, this is, this is kind of why players um, of sort of like 25 and above tend to, you know, tend to just get released if you're not in the first team. Because I think most managers, they will acquire players are usually as like free agents or stuff over the course of the season who are maybe a bit older as, as the need arises. But when they're building their squad to start the season, I don't think you tend to see them kind of throw in a few kind of like, I think Ron McDonald's 30, um, you know, players who are like 27, 20, you know, 27, 30, 32 kind of age. You know, you don't really see managers kind of bringing those players into their squad unless they see that player as being like part of the core of their team. Because those players would probably have um, salary expectations that you know that you know that are more suited to they've built a career out of football, so you know they've got mortgages and families and things, so need to go to a club that you know that fit his you know that fit his kind of like expectations, and he'll probably find that you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at Brunton Park next season wearing a different coloured shirt. Um, yeah. And neither would I be surprised if the next man uh, is seen at Brunton Park next season wearing a different coloured shirt. That's Kelvin Meller. Um, he's a, becoming a little bit um, of a mercenary when it comes to filling in uh, for teams on a one-season basis and that right-back position. And um, I thought he was a decent player. Is obviously not Simpson's cup of tea, and he's being given the old heave or Kelvin Mellor, mate. What have you got to say about that? Yeah, so of the two, McDonald and Mellor, I think Mellor was the one that I'd be leaning more strongly towards keeping. I think he was the one that I could kind of like see more as he would be the experienced sort of player to form part of our defence. Um. But we do have other players in that position. And if Simo sees one of those as being more likely to be his main man at right back, or just if he anticipates, you know, if if right back's one of those positions that he thinks I can I can go out and bring in a right back, then for the same reasons that we just talked about with McDonald, uh Mella gets moved on and he'll go and he'll find another club, probably, you know, you know, probably no bother. He's, he's, he's seen something impressive in Mark Ellis, enough to mm. give him a couple of chances in these last couple of games. And I mean, they did say something Jack about Ellis. Mella. Yeah, Ellis. Um, what Jack. did I say? Mark Ellis. Yeah, Jack Ellis. I don't know why I said Mark. Jack Ellis. Mark Ellis. Um, you know who Mark Ellis Yeah. Blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Ellis. Um, Mella being held out of the team isn't, you know, anything to be looked down your nose upon. That's quite an achievement for a person of Jack Ellis's age. And um, that has to be a contributing factor. Obviously, Simpson fancies the young lad over uh, Mella. And there was excuses made in the last game of the season about Mella perhaps being ill. And there was another person that was also thrown into that hat on a bit of a whim. But... Um, 
Yeah, I would have been more leaning towards keeping Mella. I feel like there's always a stigma about a lack of experience in a team. Um, but yeah, first time round with Simpson, you only really had Kev Greer that had loads of experience, and then everyone else was kind of below 25. We were one of the youngest teams in the English Football League under Simpson yeah. the first time round. Simpson being a former um, England under 20, is it 21s or 18s, European Cup winner. So incredible at working with young talents and has a proven track record of being able to work with a young squad. So maybe a lack of experience in a similar team isn't that much of a yeah. concern. Um, and maybe Mella won't be that much of a loss. And like I said, there's the young Jack Ellis as a promising talent there coming through that obviously Simpson has seen enough in to give a debut and a second game to the the second to last person on the release list, mate, is a bit of a favourite of yours, isn't he? Uh, it's Jimmy Tiore. Is he not a favourite of both of ours? I don't know. Have, I mean, surely I've not just been um, <laughs> singing Tiore's praises on my own. He's all right. I've I mean, been, like, I've been what, thoroughly my... ambivalent on Tiore. <laughs> He was a bit harsh at that Carlisle City game on the young lads, wasn't he? Though he was a bit, he kind of showed some colours there. Like he was a bit, he was a bit harsh. We we went to the um, the L Class Eco, didn't we, Wills, yeah. a couple of weeks ago? And Toure had a couple of choice words for Fishburn uh, when the when the passes weren't coming over that side of the pitch, or or maybe when Fishburn lost the ball in the attacking position, and and uh, he was a bit harsh for for the sort of game that it was. Um, and he was the only real senior on the pitch at the time, so you could probably Al- see... Go was on. Was Alessandra not on the pitch? Oh, fuck I. Um, and so was Norman, <laughs> wasn't he? Norman as well. But to to Alessandra, yeah. I feel like Alessandra has more of a, a professional uh, personality to where it's somebody like a tour aid to play at that kind of a level... At this stage of his career, he might be looking down his nose upon, especially the sort of person that disappears to France past way through a bloody season. Um, again, mate, I've had my moments with Toure. Yeah, the potential's been there. I do like a player with character, you know, disappearing to yeah. France and stuff like that. Even though I've said it there, like I like Balotelli, I like Zoltan Ibrahimovic. Yeah. You know, he was our own little rebel in a kind of roundabout way. Well, yeah, I it mean, just never got going for him, did it? No, I mean, he, he did never disappear off to France without without leave. He was allowed to go on compassionate leave, so I think he just wasn't really happy, um, homesick. Um, it didn't. In, I don't think lockdown was easy for him because he was living in Carlisle, and I think most of the other players would just have gone back to their hometowns. And obviously, his hometown being in France, he couldn't just go back there. So I think he was just kind of like stuck in a, you know, stuck in a flat in Carlisle. Mm. But um, he's not really kind of. I, I don't think like if you listen to like the Hartlepool fans talk of him. Um, I just don't think he's really kind of taken to football in this country, but he's got kind of like a certain a certain talent which can light up a game. And he he did get a chance as well towards the end of the season when he came back from injury. I think Simo definitely wanted to have a look at him. 
but it's just not really happened for him. He's had he's had two seasons and the Burr raised eyebrows when he got the um, contract extension at the end of his first season off Chris Beach. And we, I think, I mean, I think it was you that was saying on our last podcast that you would maybe even uh, give him a third season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just oh, yeah. oh, it's just kind of a little tempting. Oh, but what can he do though? What can he do? Yeah, it is it, it, there is that tempting, there is that temptation yeah. to him. But that similar, you feel like he's got the contact book, hopefully, and the resources to bring in a player that you don't need to think and you don't need to guess. You as somebody with a track record, maybe because. There's there's two good strikers, like we've already mentioned. There's a partnership forming between Patrick and and Dennis that has been quite fruitful for us going into the last 15 games under Paul Simpson. And, you know, Dennis has never been, uh, for the first couple of games, fully fit, which probably means he's never been that fit for us the whole season. He he started, once we were secure... Once we were definitely pretty much up, he started to sort of get a couple of breaks and things like that. So Dennis was never really fully fit. Um, So next season, him and Patrick together, that's going to be a great partnership. And you'd like to have, just like Simo had in the glory years, a third option. You know, he had the Hawley, he had Holmes, you know, Homer, and he had Bridges. You know, he also had Glenn Murray. So, you know, we need those, you know, those really feisty options coming off the bench don't we and uh unfortunately jimmy tiore just hasn't been uh given given the opportunity or maybe you know maybe he doesn't want it is that a thing um released by mutual consent well i mean like i say he's um he, he, you know he's he doesn't seem to have been entirely happy over up, over here so yeah, maybe just go back to France now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where his career goes and we'll obviously all follow it as Carlisle fans. The last name is the most controversial name on the release list, my friend. It's Mark yeah. Howard. Mark Howard was released. The man who won pretty much all the awards this year at the awards show. We'll go through that list a little bit later on, cover that a little bit later on. But yeah, Mark Howard being released, big surprise, mate. Yeah, I don't think anyone really expected that. And it was a huge surprise when and, and and you know disappointment for a lot of fans. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, um, we have kind of said that we trust Simo to make decisions, so we've got to stick to that when he makes decisions that we're surprised by and a bit disappointed by. Um, but I think you know, we touched on it when we talked about the fact that Magnus Norman's been offered a new contract. Um, the fact that Simo's maybe just got a plan in mind for goalkeepers, he maybe thinks that you know that Norman does have it in him and he will be better next season. Um, maybe he doesn't like older goalkeepers. We don't know. But, uh, for, you know, for all that he's done for us this season, uh, Mark Howard doesn't seem to be the keeper that Simo would would have in his dream team. So, we... And, and who, are we, we who are we to argue with that, mate? Who are we to argue yeah. with that? <laughs> yeah, and like you were saying, like um, it could be that he's got someone else in mind, but you know, given the fact that we've got two promising keepers coming through who must be getting, you know, closing in on 
appearing on the bench as the main reserve keeper, you, it, it seems like maybe he does see Magnus Norman as his number one. We shall yeah, see. That- We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, and as the coming weeks come, we'll be able to figure all that stuff out, mate. It's a big shock for me. Um, not only did he win all the awards, it's it, it was one of the better players for us. He really genuinely was yeah. one of the better players for us. I'd be sad to see him go. And then again, it's it's that, like we just mentioned about having experience in the team with Kelvin Meller and the team maybe lacking a bit of experience. It's, it's one of them signings you would have thought... That's your experienced player, you know, that's the cool head in the changing room. And that's only been backed up this week by players like um, Daniel Simu coming out and saying that he's an influential voice in the changing room and that he's he's helped his own development by just having conversations with him in the changing room. So, I mean, it's just a big shock. It's a big shock, mate. It's a big shock. And um, God, that was a chunk, mate. That was a chunk of news. Um, and we've only covered the return list, so we'll blast through uh, pretty much the rest of it, mate. Um, the loan departures, so a bit of fond farewell to these names, mate. A player that I thought yeah. had gone a long time ago, Lucas Jensen, the goalkeeper, Tyrese Otomei, Mitchell Roberts, Daniel Simeu and Owen Windsor are all returning to their parent clubs. Goodbye. Goodbye, lovely loan players. Go on, what are you saying? So, well, um, Owen Wins has been released by West Brom as well, so he's not That's returning true. to his parent club. There was an well, article he wanted to go that. back early, didn't he? What was that about? Go yeah, you've read about? the article. Um, according to Paul Simpson, um, he's known for a while that Owen, um, that he was going to be released. Um, and that seems to have, I guess, upset him. And... You know, he's decided that he wants to go. I don't know if he feels that, you know, eking out those last few bits of training at West Brom's academy, maybe he felt that that was the best thing for his career. Um, Simo didn't agree, but it's what Owen Windsor wanted to do. Um, he's a young lad and he was reeling from the news that he was going to be released by his parent club. Um, and he's made a decision that Simo feels was the wrong decision, but hey ho. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those good luck to you, mate, in the future. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a decision. He looked really good of, in his first few games. He looked all right under Millen. Yeah, yeah he looked all right under Millen. As uh, just Simpson didn't really give him that much of an opportunity, and um, yeah, obviously it was that was already, due to the conversations. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. due to the conversations that were already had there. So uh, at least that's come to. Like the end of season awards, mate, let's breeze through those. The youth team player of the season went to Jack Ellis, him bursting into the first team this year. I mean, makes sense. We've heard of him. Um, Yeah, yeah, Jack Ellis, man, looking forward to seeing his development next year. Yeah, um, mentioned him several times already today. So, you know, in in relation to Kelvin Meller, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a well-deserved award. Now, the rest of the awards pretty much all went to Mark Howard. So I'm talking about the C-U-O-S-C Player of the Season Award went to Mark Howard, as did the London Branch Player of the Season Award also going to Mark Howard. But the champagne bucket went to Morgan Feeney's header over Alden. Mate, remember that beautiful looping header into the far corner? That was fantastic, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and it was the timing of it as well and what it meant in, in terms of our fight against relegation. So it was it, it was a huge moment all round. Well yeah. deserving of the award. That's it, man. So Feeney picks up the champagne bucket this year. Zanzala mm-hmm. has a matching one from last season. I remember educating you and Liam Denwood on what the champagne buckets were, but now we're all very much immersed in the culture. <laughs> um, there was a special res- recognition award that went out to Barry Mossip and Ian Gray. Uh, they received the award because of all the amazing voluntary work they do with the ball boys and girls and stewards at Brunton Park. So uh, hats off to those guys. Manager of the year went to Paul Simpson. I feel like that was a bit of a funny <laughs> award because we had three managers this year. Uh, ladies player of the year went to Kyra Bland. Congratulations to her. And um, Vesta Wealth player of the season, which is pretty much the person who won all the man of the match awards, the official yeah. man of the match awards, was a joint uh, award between Mark Howard and Rod McDonald's, maybe not as bad as we thought he was, eh? Well, I mean, I presume that you've have you added up our on our oh, that's next week. That's for next, next week. week. Our yeah. our Foxy's feature man of the match. Our Foxy's feature man of the match. The the we only awarded in matches that we either won or played or played well. <laughs> just, yeah. just didn't, didn't bother if we didn't. What else are we supposed to do? Well, the crap. If the crap, the crap. What are we supposed to do? If there's a standout player, though, they do normally get a yeah. nod. Like, if we lose 1-0 and the goalkeepers had a good game, Mark yeah. Howard would normally get it, you know? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> But yeah, uh, season ticket holders, player of the season award also went to Mark Howard and the players player of the season award also went to Mark Howard. So popular in the changing rooms, uh, popular on the pitch, popular off the pitch. Uh, Sad to see you go, Mark. All the best to you in the future. Uh, But we haven't got enough time to be sentimental anymore, Wills. We've got to crack on with this podcast. It's time for the match crack, all right? We lost 2-0. We're going to spend that much time dwelling on it. What we are going to do is tell you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game, which was Mark Howard in goal, Corey Whelan, Morgan Feeney, and John Mellish across the back line with Jack Ellis and Jack Armour on either side of that defensive three with Gibson, Dixon, Alessandra, Dennis and Patrick making up the rest of the team when what was a very forgettable game at the Valley. Um, I mean, the first goal was a mistake. Um, it, Morgan Feeney kind of own goal. It just went beyond Mark Howard. Not a lot anybody could do about it. Will, do you have any comments? No. No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's crap. It's one of those, you know, League Two goals. It was a shit goal. Uh, moving on to the second goal, it was a pretty decent move, mate. You can't really complain too much. Um, the defense itself had a breakdown, didn't it? Carlisle's defense just kind of had a breakdown, and um, Dickinson and Mellish blaming each other for what happened. It was Dickinson's fault, okay? It was Dickinson's fault. He shouldn't have headed the ball towards Mellish. He should have headed the ball forwards, okay? That's where we should have headed the ball. So that was Dickinson's fault, in my opinion, mate. Have you seen the incident? No. 
No, in my opinion, <laughs> it was Dickinson's fault. Then the yeah. the, um, the ball is intercepted as Dickinson tries to play it in towards Mellish, which is read by the attacker who just intercepts the ball, plays in a striker, and all of a sudden Bradford threw on goal. Bro, 2-0, it was crap. It was the end of the season. It's not been a great season, has it? I mean, it's nice to got here and still be in the league. It's fantastic to finish the season with Paul Simpson in charge for the next three years at Brunton Park and some news that we haven't really covered, the return of Greg Abbott, who also brought silverware to Brunton Park at his time here. Um, what have you got to say about Greg Abbott's return and what have you got to say about Bradford in general? Um, so Bradford in general, I mean, like, you know, like a few of the games at this end of the season... Um, just not really up for it. It seems particularly away games. We did, you know, we did end our home campaign with two wins, which was great. Um, away from home, just not, not, you know, not really that much interest in it. Um, plenty of Carlisle fans made the journey. Um, it was a League One, a League Two, or fourth tier record ever attendance. Um, so the fact that so many Carlisle fans went there will have helped Bradford achieve that. Um, yeah. It's also, um, so the end of the season is when Bradford always do commemorate. It's a dead rubber Bradford match as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, a, so, it's a dead rubber match. Yeah. yeah. So Bradford always commemorates the Bradford City fire at the end of the season because that's when it happened. So that big crowd, they you know, and the fact that they're home, just like we were against Stevenage, kind of mix, you know, you know, they're gonna be more up for it, want to end their season with a win. Um, it's not, you know, just just there making the numbers up, really. Nothing more to say about it. Greg Abba coming back. You wanted me to talk about that? Let's do it, man. Let's have a let's have a shit stare. That's your shit stare nice. right oh, there. All right. Well, I mean. Do you want me to like be positive about it before you do your shit stirrer then? Uh, no, no, I mean that's that's the whole point of the shit stirrer. My my shit stirrer is how do you feel about Greg Abbott coming back? Oh, I'm I'm more than happy. I ah, think, he's um, a decisive man. Yeah, I think he did he, he did a good job as manager with us. Um, he had to go when he did. Um, the club were on a bit of a downward spiral. But even then, you know, given what happened under Kavanagh, you kind of like think, would it have been that bad if we'd actually just yeah. Greg Abbott? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and I think recruitment was always one of his strong points as well. And he's been a he's been a recruitment manager at Bradford, I think, and other places. So that's kind of like mostly what he does now. So. In ultimately, we've kind of you know we've gone and got ourselves a experienced recruitment manager who knows the club already, so yeah. it can only be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up here yeah. by pretty much saying that obviously before this, I just did an interview with uh, Super Matty Robson. He was a signing for Greg Abbott. And mm. he said one of the reasons he signed for Carlisle United is because of the conversation that he had with Greg Abbott and felt an instant connection straight away. So I feel like that yeah. bodes well. He obviously does find a way to make a connection with people very quickly. And within the recruitment world, I assume, I don't know anything about it, but I assume that's a very good uh, personality trait to be able to have. Wills, 
thank you so much for joining me. This has been a slog. Um, the retained list. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, but a lot to cover. To hearing, look forward to hearing the Robson interview. And, um... Yeah, the Robson interview will be coming out in maybe just a couple of weeks. The summer schedule will properly kick off in just a couple of weeks. We're going to have our end of season award ceremony slash party slash I don't know, whatever you want to call it. That's next yeah. week where I hopefully be joined by yourself, Wills, and Blue Army TV's Liam Denwood. But for now, mate, all we've got really left to do is say bye. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>